Welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Enlightenment with me, your host, Oakley Ogden. Today, I'm talking with a very smart and observant young thing who is open enough to walk us through the lead up to a pretty dark place she touched into. She'll share the immediate action she took and how this darkness woke her up to make some changes and listen more closely to her needs. Here we go. You shared about this past summer and that you kind of found yourself inside of like suicidal consideration, right? Which is just like a sign of like, whoa, things are not aligned, right? Like I am not in the right place and you handled it exactly how you're supposed to handle it, right? You called a friend, you asked your mom for help, you signed up with a therapist, you went to sleep, quietly, you woke up in the morning. This evening for my client did not arise out of nowhere. Although it seemed to have, right, many streams of influence converged and touched on something deep below the surface. And today we're going to uncover that and make some connections so that this client has a lot more agency to make changes in her life and heal what's lurking under the surface and calling for her attention. In this scenario, what she's experiencing is suicidal ideation, which is thoughts about suicide. They can be fleeting or persistent. They can range from casual thoughts, I wish I wasn't here, to more detailed fantasies about how to die. This is different than suicidal intent, which refers to a clear desire and plan to complete suicide. These are two different places to be on the spectrum of suicide. And if you are in any of them and need help, 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is available 24 hours in English and Spanish, and you can even text 988. It's the Suicide Crisis Lifeline. So tell me first, let's just start together. How did, uh, what began to lead up to this really dark moment, this dark night for you? I would say, I think it was the middle of July. Um, so we had been in for about a month, a month and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. And over the summer, like, I was kind of holding down the fort a lot, um, mm-hmm. being alone. Not all the time, but decently often. And I didn't really get to go out and socialize very much so I didn't make any friends there um my coworker had a friend in the area but we honestly like the way all of our schedules played out we really only got to hang out a couple times at the end of the day we would be working from 6 15 in the morning we would finish at like 3 3 30 But then we would Mm -hmm. have to go back out at 6 and be out there until about 8. You're probably asking yourself what this young woman is doing for work. She's working with a fleet of professional riders, horseback riders, equestrians, and she's training with them while also caring for the horses and traveling with the team. So we, I mean, it's hard to be motivated to kind of go out and do something else knowing that you has to be awake that early in the morning or well so you you were pl- you were pulling huge work days so naturally yeah. you're starting to feel isolated right yeah and just yeah i mean 
itself is just not really a huge um, social place, at least in my experience and where we were. Um, I will say I visited and it was like adorable and I loved it there. Um, and I'm a huge like history nerd. So I love that aspect of it. Like I went to and loved it. Um, so I did a lot of like that kind of stuff, but it was a lot of solo trips. Okay. And And were you living with a roommate? Yes. Okay. So keep going. So you, so it just, I cut you off. It just what? Um, it just wasn't as like fulfilling or as exciting as here. I mean, I drive when I was here last year, I would go almost every single week to the beach and Mm -hmm. I would bring a book or I would write Uh, I write a lot and Mm. it was just like good and I would have time to kind of like go to a coffee shop and write and be creative Um, and I had my own space I had my own camper so it was nice too I didn't have to feel like I had to like isolate to be alone um, I get that. Versus mm-hmm. living with a roommate, I felt like mm-hmm. I had to like hurt that person by saying no, I can't hang out, or no, I need to go to bed, or something to mm-hmm. be alone. And mm-hmm. setting a boundary was hurting them because you watched them have a reaction to your boundary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so I'm just learning about this person and I'm not going to dive into this piece right now. I'm getting the lay of the land, but it's a huge data point for me. The language of feeling that she has to hurt someone in order to get a core need met like sleep tells me that there were some major boundary issues in her family of origin that we will need to explore. I was dealing with a lot of like past aggressiveness. How so? What did that look like? Um, kind of like ignoring or like just a lot of ignoring and like the communication, even about just the job would kind of leave. Uh, I would like ask, she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know either. And I need your help. Like just because Mm. something didn't go the way we wanted it to, doesn't mean that like the world is ending. Uh, And it just, like, we went on a trip together, and after it, we didn't speak for, like, three days, and finally I was like, what is the issue? And, like, I was kind of shitty about it, because, like, I was annoyed, and she was like, well, it just didn't seem like you wanted to talk to me, like, when we got in the car, and I was like, I was just tired, like I fell asleep in the car. And she's like, well, I was tired too. I'm like, well, then you could have woken me up and said, hey, I'm tired or like, can you drive or like something? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, like it, it's not my fault that like you can't communicate that. Like, I, My mm-hmm. boundary for anyone is like, I do not read minds and I will not try to. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able to tell me what is up. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, it's not my job to like force it out of you. It's not my job to like 
teach you how to do that. Like, I'll help you mm-hmm. if you want help with it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not my job to say, hey, you need to, like, learn how to be a human. So this is a great example of relationships acting like mirrors. And you'll hear this theme a few times in this episode. My client shares that she's dealing with a lot of passive aggressiveness. She's referring to her roommate and coworker, of course, being the one who is being the passive aggressor. But we can hear that my client is acting this way as well. So when someone is a mirror for us, it means that we see in them what we can't see in ourselves. Which is, you know, frustrating because some people, like I know, she had a very traumatic home wow. life. Okay. I have the empathy for that. And I wish, you know, if she wants to talk about it happily, I will talk about it. But right, like, if the worst was bad, it would be like taken out on me in a way. And I'm like, I can't control these things all the time. So there's a lot of tension and a lot of conflict between you both. On a bad day. Um, okay. Usually we get along super well. Like we can work together super well. Like almost, almost look like where we could read each other's minds because we just have oh, now worked together, you know, probably 300 days wow. for 12 hours okay. a day. So but you've it's made hard it work. When, hmm. Yeah. Um, because I think she's a good person, a good human. I just think mm-hmm. she needs help like she definitely needs therapy but I know she can't afford it and Mm -hmm. I can't be the therapist okay yes for her obviously very good point I'm glad you're saying that you shouldn't be and that's not the way that goes however so she's the one that needs the therapy how did her behavior contribute to you being the one with the mental health issue we are unpacking today? That's my question to you. To be fair, this is a leading question. I am intentionally wanting her to arrive at the awareness of herself on her own. I wouldn't say that it was, you know, all because of that. I think it just it prevented me from having a safe place to take a breath. Mm. Um, okay. Because so you just didn't feel like you could be alone. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, you sharing a camper, um, even when you guys are, in, cause we had like opposite ends, but like you still hear every move, you still hear all of that stuff. So it's like, you don't, actually ever have alone time until they're either gone or you know whatever um okay and I just like I will 100% have negative points in time but I really try to reason through them not take them out on other people because I know at points in the past I have and I didn't like how it ended up I didn't like hurting the other person or I didn't like the reaction to it I realized it's not fair and then I tried to really stop the cycle and like mm. I'll still you know get shitty with someone if I'm stressed and trying to get something done I'll be like well why like just this way like 
And then I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't explain that the right way. But there's not, I think there's a lack of self-awareness as to how it could affect other people. And I figured out something. Uh, One day I just realized that she needed the pity. So I got really good at like, oh, that sucks. And then she'd be like, yes, it does. And then we could kind of move on. Uh, so you would meet her where she's at by acknowledging what she was feeling. And then in that moment, she would feel what she was feeling, feel hurt, and then be able to move on. Yeah. And you figured that out on your own? That's good. Yeah. It's a good move. Much. Yeah, you can use that for the rest of your life. One of my favorite phenomenons of personal development and growth is called the paradox of change, that something doesn't shift until we meet it exactly as it is, adding and subtracting nothing. So if you're in a cycle of arguing with someone, try and stop and just listen and say, I hear you. I really hear you. And mean it. And give space for a deep breath. When someone feels heard, they can move forward. Until then, you'll most likely just find yourself in a power struggle over whose point is right and who is wrong. This particular scenario is also called empathy. It's different than pity. Empathy allows for understanding while remaining in your own energetic state. Pity is different. You'll hear more. Let's dive in. So I'm going to reframe that, okay? I'm not going to call that pity. I'm just going to call it hearing someone exactly where they're at. Okay. Okay. Because if it's pity, you are meeting them energetically where they're at. You're going, you're bringing yourself down from wherever you are into another energetic expression, right? You might be having a great, be in a great mood or having a great day and they won't get off of it, right? They're just like, oh, this sucks and that didn't work and that didn't work. And then you turn and you're like, you feel what they feel. You're like, God, that sucks so hard. That's when you lose yourself in relationship. Because if you don't agree with what they're going through, if it really isn't hard for you and it's hard for them, it's different to turn to them and say, hey, I really hear you. That sounds like it's hard. But not leaving where you are internally. Does that make sense? There's a a distinction there. Yeah. It's hard because it it definitely, like, now I think I have the grasp of that, where it's, like, not the pity, but I think before, it definitely got a hold of me a okay. lot. And it would, like, ruin my mood. Like, I mean, I would be texting, like, my boyfriend Aww. and just, like, going off about, like, it because it, it made drove me you crazy, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It drove you nuts. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just be like every day, because again, it's like okay, yes, I get negative and everything, but it was wearing wearing you down a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And it sucks to know. That they, like, she doesn't want to be like that to an extent, but she just doesn't have the tools to kind of, like, get 
through it. Like she doesn't realize that that's what she's doing. Can I get some compassion for this one right now? I mean, how many of us, raise your hand unless you're driving, do not, have ever been the one who's the expert on someone else? What's happening for them, what they need to work on, what they need to do. I'm raising my hand just so you know. And if they could change, then we would be fine. Your relationship would be fine. So this is a whole body of work in the therapeutic field, which is great because our own state of wellness cannot be in someone else's hands when we are an adult or a growing adult. That sets us up for a world of trying to control everyone around us so that we feel okay. Oof, okay. Let's jump back in before I take us down a very long tangential road. So you have got a good grasp on what's going on for her, which by the way, I really get. I am a person who I can analyze someone else before I look in the mirror, right? Yeah. But this moment, this moment is about you and me being here for you. I can't do anything for this girl. She's not here. Right. Right? So I really get how insightful you are. Like, I see it. I'm like, oh, okay, this this person knows how to, like, look. You could probably help her, right, even if she was willing. Yeah. But let's let's bring it to you. If this were a relationship in which she was mirroring something to you, what was she showing you? Not that you were depressed or irritable. That's not what I mean. Um what I mean, for example, is if I were in your shoes, which I have been, by the way, of course, this is earth, right? <laughs> we all are in relationships where somebody is copying an attitude that drives us nuts over the course of time, right? It's called relationships sometimes. And I have definitely found myself there. What that person was showing me was that I still lose my shit when someone else has a bad attitude around me. That I don't, that I still need to learn to stand in my own energetic alignment, regardless of who's around me. And that I still need to be able to learn to communicate my boundaries around what's working for me and what's not working for me. And advocating for myself and getting myself out of situations before I'm giving all my power away and totally driving myself AWOL. While being affected by others is perfectly normal, there's a distinction to be made. Having our day totally ruined by someone else's bad attitude is a sign that we need to mature our emotional capacity. Another way I can say this is we have to build greater strength for our internal world, having space for ourselves and knowing what to take on and what not to take on in the world outside of us. When this happens, as it is bound to do, take a breath and inside of yourself, Simply offer gratitude to the person before you that's showing you where you are in your personal journey. Let's be humble. It's good to remind ourselves to be humble when we're triggered. It can take some of the fight out of us in a good way. Yeah, I would say that she definitely showed me that, like, I... take on her emotions too strongly and like ref- like feel them too strongly 
Good for you. Great awareness. And then it would just feel like unfair because it's like, well, if this is a problem for you, like, how do you think that I feel about it? You know, Um, Mm -hmm. like there was one day this just because I feel a lot of times kind of like, hi, like I exist and have feeling um, to the point. So like I have scoliosis. She has scoliosis. One of our owners just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Meta isn't yours like so bad. She's like, yeah, oh, my God, mine's, like, even worse. And I'm like, and I didn't say a word after it because, like, she was like, nope, my spotlight. And I was like. So she kind of stole the air out of the room. Yeah. And, like, any injury, it's like, oh, well, mine was worse and da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, okay, but, like, just because something happens doesn't mean that I am not valid you know? Right now, I'm hearing my client as if she's talking to someone from the past. And because I'm getting that intuitive hit, I'm gearing up to invite her to drop in deeper. And I know she can. She's strong, she's self-aware, and she's ready. So I know that's a safe place to go. Hey, does this remind you of any other relationship in your life? Boom. Key question to ask yourself when you're feeling stuck and triggered. We wouldn't be triggered if something from the past wasn't still alive in us, unresolved and unhealed. This unresolved material has an energetic signature and not being able to let something go inside a reasonable amount of time tells us that we have something that we need to address within. This points to the law of resonance, which is an active law in our path of personal development. The law of resonance states that the rate of the vibration projected will harmonize with and attract back the energies with the same resonance. Basically, life is sending out a honing device, searching out for what's unhealed. And if you are willing and able and paying attention, you can begin to address what you notice consciously and thus begin to set yourself free. Yeah, well, my mom and I, for sure. Yeah, that's what I suspected. Because she, like, she'd be like, oh, how's your day? I'm like, fine. And she's like, oh, well, my day was da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, but, like, also, since I didn't ask, I really don't have, I don't care. But in now looking back it's like i just didn't have the mental like capacity to hear about her problem Mm -hmm. Um, well there was no room for you to express your own and be heard right yeah for sure right um yeah and we had a very interesting my mom and i when i was in Mm -hmm. i think eighth grade i might be might be wrong on that um that's okay i She would, like, ride my ass for grades, and she would just check them all the time. And it's, I was never bad at school, always, always. Hmm. And she, like, just, I was so over it at one point. And I had told her, I'm like, please stop. Like, I get things done. Like, and I ignored her for a week. And the only reason I stopped was because I heard her, like, crying on the 
own that mm. like she didn't know what was going on so i was like okay well she's noticed something's obviously not good yeah. um but she definitely like the thing that actually helped us we had like a journal uh like a mother-daughter journal and like we would just if we got into it i would go to my room and eventually i would be like upset and i'd write it out but i felt like i always had to be the one to reach out and kind of like here's the olive branch and like explain what i'm feeling but it's a lot of times hard for me to articulate it um versus write it down so a lot of times when it was face-to-face like even with my dad if we would get into like anything i would cry because i i just cry at like the drop of a hat it is i see someone cry i'm like oh my god um (laughs) but so we would like get into it and i'd be angry but i'd be crying and then it's like oh well anything that i say is invalid because i'm clearly emotional and a kid and whatever but i just i quickly realized i can't always articulate things how i want them to like be said as well as i can just write them down sure Uh, sure and so i think that helped a lot when i was younger now i love that you guys did that yeah i will say like the best thing that ever happened to me in her relationship not that it was bad I don't think she thought it was ever like stressful or anything or traumatic. Um, Mm -hmm. I think being gone is 100% necessary, like to not live with her. Um, Mm. So finding, stay with me here, right? So finding your own space away from her is how you feel safe and how you resource. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I would say so. Um, do you see how you did that with this young woman that you were in the van, camper van with? That you were looking for the same antidote? Yeah. So the fact that you have attracted this person to show you that this mom pattern is still in you, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For because sure. often we will attract things into our life that harken back to something that happened when we were younger, a dynamic between usually a parent or a primary caregiver, right? And mm-hmm. that imprints in us, that dynamic. But that dynamic isn't something that necessarily serves us anymore to who we want to become. It, it got us through. We survived it. We did what we did. Okay, so it worked then, but often in our life, we'll find a place where we're outgrowing that. It's like, oh, that doesn't serve me anymore. Like in a partnership, in an intimate partnership, this dynamic wouldn't really work in an intimate partnership, right? Right. Yeah. So in order for us to see it in ourselves, we often find ourselves in that dynamic again later in life with someone else like a partner or a roommate or a boss or a colleague that we have to get a project done with over time, you know, someone that we're really forced to be close to. Mm -hmm. And here it is. You found this person that's showing you, hey, I might have some mom work left. 
Yeah. How does that land for you? Um, it makes sense because I mean, just the patterns that we have had. Um, and I definitely like. I still don't really let her in all the way because I. Your mother. Yeah, like she Mm -hmm. can be, and I'll, I can be a judgy person, but I like to think that I take after my dad and like, he's one of the kindest people ever. Like he will, Mm -hmm. like if someone helps us out, like something in my truck broke and he, they did it for free because it was kind of like half their problem because it hadn't been that long. And, but like also, I mean, it's probably my fault. But he, like, paid for their lunch. <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 no. But he's like, yes, you know? Hmm. So generous. Mm. Yeah. She's nice, but she's very, like, judgy. And kind of, I don't know if never satisfied is, like, perfect. Actually, it could be. Because, like, even now with wanting to do, like, horses she's not completely satisfied with that like she mm-hmm. will constantly kind of be like well what about this or what about this what about this I'm like yes like that okay. interests me but like this is what I've wanted since I was in like third grade so mm-hmm. I'm gonna at least try it as hard as I can mm. and if it doesn't work then I'll move on but like I really want to try yeah. and uh yeah, so definitely, like, I would be afraid to, like, tell her, like, oh, I'm dating this person or I'm going to hang out with this guy or, like, whatever, because I was afraid of, like, what she would say. Okay, so you still keep things from her in order to kind of just live your own life and not have her have an opinion or get into your space. Yeah, I probably tell her more now that we're gone. Or, like, mm-hmm. separate. Um, the physical distance gives you a little bit of a buffer, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can handle definitely, the Yeah. And, like, keeping busy, too. Because then she kind of has to realize that, like, I exist and have, like, a big role that I, like, don't have time for other stuff. Um, Got it. Because as much as I could want to hear about her day, like my dad's there he would love to hear about her day right Um, right but it took a long time to kind of be like okay I could tell her this part of a story but not like this part of a story because I like my friends would party but like I never partied like until I was 21 I really Mm -hmm. didn't drink or anything Mm -hmm. and I would like keep that part of the story from her if any of my friends did because I didn't want her Mm -hmm. to like judge them okay Um, but and like now like my boyfriend and his brothers they like close the bar down sometimes so it's like I probably wouldn't tell her that because I don't want her Mm -hmm. to think like less of them for any of that you know sure sure well you grew up with someone who was pushing you to do better than a plus so you're not going to share anything that may come across as anything less than that because that doesn't feel like a safe environment to share because it sounds like 
um, praise and attention was somewhat conditional. If you were successful in what she wanted you to be successful in, then you got to have a relationship with her. But if you did things that upset her, then there would be distance or tension or a fight and the journaling would have to start and you would have to extend the olive, olive branch to get her back. Does that make, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So what happens when we end up having a relationship like that with our mother um, and it can be any parent, but in this case, right, let's just stay with your mom. With your mother is um, we end up rejecting parts of ourselves or keeping parts of ourselves in the shadows and not sharing our whole self. Because that primary relationship is one place where we learn what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and if we're acceptable and what parts of us are acceptable. Now, hopefully in an ideal relationship, we really learn about love, right? But if we struggle in the relationship and we think that love is conditional, now I can tell your mom loves you, right? It's like that. Um, But nevertheless, when our behavior is, you know, judged and condemned, we also have trouble sometimes accepting parts of ourselves. Now, the larger, the, the deeper element of what I was kind of trying to get at there is it's about are we lovable, right? Are we... Are we able to accept all of ourselves and are where we loved and are we loved? Like all of that content. I may not be saying it perfectly right now. No, it makes so, a lot of sense. So it makes a lot of sense? Okay, great. Yeah. Great. So our self-worth can get tied up when our moms aren't showing us all this perfect love, right? Which is very rare because moms are human beings and they come from families and they had to learn all this stuff and then they're passing it down to their kids, right? And they're doing the best they can and driving you really hard and not paying attention to how you're wired and your sensitivities and what your needs are because she just thinks this is the best thing for my daughter. I'm going to drive her because grades are important, education is important, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No, you can't just go play with horses. That's crazy. You should go do all these other things. And all I hear you saying is like, mom, could you just slow down and love me for exactly for who I am right now? How would that feel to you? Good. (laughs) Um, I feel like as I kind of get further into it, like I feel like she... Further into what? Uh, like into the horses, into that career, and like I see, mm-hmm. you know, finding out who I am and who I want to be. I feel like she is getting like a little bit more accepting. I've really it. been hearing that you've been you've been really illustrating that that there's a healing happening. Mom's kind of getting on board with her daughter being really responsible for a lot in this community and respecting that it also sounds like by keeping busy you can kind of gain her respect and also it's also a boundary right like yeah mom i'm busy so therefore i'm not available to listen to you yeah so there's a little bit of a catch because i don't think that creating the pattern where the only way that you get to be boundaried with your mother is by being overworked yeah right we got to watch out for, sure. for that. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, because there's other ways to set boundaries where you can also just 
totally take the day off. So, yeah. so this is all, all leading us to this evening, this one mm-hmm. evening. And this one evening that you're sharing with me, it was a really dark time a really scary time and why don't you take us there because the material that showed up in that night possibly is tied to the original part of this relationship yeah not the relationship that you have with mom today but the relationship you had with mom when you were little yeah for sure um okay it I mean, it was going pretty badly, like, with my personal worst. Like, I fell off of him five times in less than six months. And before that, it had oh, been, wow. like, twice, two years. Um, oh. And I am competitive. I like to win. I like to be perfect. And it wasn't, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Still, on the day that he, like, got on the trailer after this night, like, I just kind of, like, blank-faced it and walked away so that I didn't have to, like, be around anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, because I basically just try to... I try to take time to, like, deal with feelings, but I try to make sure that it's not overwhelming or, like, going to take over what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, I was definitely homesick because, I mean, family was like eight hours away, no friends Mm -hmm. around. The camper (laughs) had mice and definitely like not, like it didn't feel clean ever. Um, And I, so the past year I had started getting like really bad dizziness and like dealing with the heat was a huge stressor for me like I could barely be outside to like even take dogs out that I was dog sitting and I would like have to go in and like lay down in a cold dark room and so dealing with the heat was like a lot better this year but I would definitely come in and kind of like you know be exhausted from it and I just I think was I didn't have any joy in riding so putting all those hours in for not even liking to ride is definitely not fun um but I know like I didn't let anyone know that that was how I was feeling or that I was starting to like spiral down like that um and I had so the pressure cooker was building. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like there was a lot that you were holding in and trying to hold it together. Yeah. Uh, and two, I mean, I was definitely jealous that I was going to get to go home, and mm-hmm. I wasn't. Even though, I mean, she's been there longer. She hadn't seen the family since you know, Christmas. Uh, do I think that that's like really the right way to do it? Probably not. But like I had mm-hmm. been home in April. My dad had come to visit early May, but it was just wearing on me for sure. So definitely a lot of jealousy going out on 
Can we just have a moment with that jealousy? Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is, yes, okay, it all on the surface appeared as the riding wasn't working out well, like things weren't going smoothly in the ring. Your colleague and bunkmate was going home and you were jealous and frustrated, but there was a loneliness. Yeah. Like the overworked, the long days, the heat was really foreign to you. And it sounded like you really needed connection, like really good, real, safe, loving connection. And that was not happening. Is that accurate? Yeah, 100%. Okay. 100%. Because it's easy to say you were jealous, but there was something so much deeper. You were jealous of her going home and getting a hug. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I... And you had like, yeah. So there were a lot of need, needs going unmet. I want to name that, right? Because we're talking about how to identify... Right. Like yeah, the slow descent in, right? And then suddenly you're deep in this darkness saying, shit, how did I get here? Right. So it's really important to say, when I start feeling this sense of being isolated and alone and not connected and really having a need for human connection and a need to just like resource myself and breathe and get a hug and like sleep really well at night in a clean bed, that's important to start recognizing because if you keep ignoring it, the feelings bottle up, the feelings bottle up, and then boom, we've arrived in darkness. Yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I knew, on like, I pretty much knew that it was loneliness. Because I can definitely be, like, even around people, I get, I get very lonely. It's the sense of no one knows me that definitely makes me withdraw and not even want to reach out because if you did it's like well is anyone gonna understand how to help Mm. Uh, and it definitely like that night you know i'm sitting there and trying to text friends and everything and it's like hearing that yeah like we miss you back definitely is like okay well that makes me feel at least seen a little bit you know mm. versus so when we've arrived go, we're we're in the night yeah the night Capital yeah T. definitely too like it's a little bit blurry um doing the For same sure. thing pretty much six days a week it all runs yeah. together very quickly but um, this was marked by a really high intensity where you were feeling like nobody knows me I feel so alone, so lonely. And that feeling was taking over. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. And so you, and can I ask you, did it scare you? Um, Yes and no. I will 100% credit the fact that I am terrified of death 
to the fact that I can kind of dismiss any of those thoughts because I'm like so terrified of death that it's like, okay, even if I feel that desperate, I'm so afraid of the alternative and the unknown Uh, that it's like, okay, even if I feel that way, like, I just, I know that's not the solution to that suicide is not the solution. Correct. Yeah. because why one because you're afraid of death so you couldn't take it there yeah but you were having really dark thoughts maybe like ugh, what if this ended and i could just be alleviated from this pain yeah and what did you do to manage those it sounds like you reached out to people yeah so i like texted friends i didn't i don't think i went into depth with very many people i like called my boyfriend i literally went on to better help and like signed up and found like did all the stuff that night i think no shit so that night you were like okay enough is enough and you signed up and got help My client is referring to BetterHelp, a new platform that has swept the nation and is helping so many people. That's BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com. At BetterHelp, all therapists are licensed, accredited professionals. You pay a low, flat fee for unlimited therapy with your therapist. It's pretty awesome. You can do it at your own time, your own pace. You communicate with your therapist as often as you want and whenever you feel it's needed. Like, how cool is that? And with BetterHelp, you can switch therapists at any point if you don't feel you're getting a good enough fit. Go check it out. Because wow, just with all the extraordinary other things that I had had, it been on my mind, but I had just not done it yet. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, well, this is clearly a big sign that like, it's time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, like, I didn't completely tell my mom why, but I basically explained that, like, I had been thinking about it for a while. I think me and her had talked mm-hmm. about it before. So mm-hmm. it was good that it wasn't, like, a complete mm-hmm. surprise. No one made me feel like I had to, like, explain myself, which, honestly, mm-hmm. in those moments, it's like you don't always want to have to. You just need the immediate reaction of, like, no, we we care, you know. Hmm. But but it was definitely hard being so physically isolated. Like I didn't feel like I could go up to the big house and explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And like honestly, when I went to tell uh, tell her that I wasn't going back, I was surprised at the level of emotion that was actually there just because i mean you know it's easy to say that oh i wish they cared but it's hard to understand that some people just aren't good at showing it uh and then actually uh, a client that is also a therapist told me at one point that because I expressed that I felt like kind of pushed to the side or like basically not cared about as much 
And she pointed out that because the coworker had such fragility, that it was kind of assumed that I could like kind of brunt it out. Handle it. Yeah. Um, Mm, Wow. So that was eye-opening too. So how did it affect you to see on her face the emotion that she was showing you when you told her you weren't going back after this stint of of the job? Um, It was relieving, honestly. Why was it relieving? Because it showed you that she cared? Yeah. And how were you, what happened the next day when you woke up? I know you you chose to go to sleep that night. You signed up for BetterHelp. You got some texts from some friends. You got some text texts from some friends. How do you say like tripping over my words? Yeah. You got some texts from friends. Yeah. And <laughs> and um it gave you enough just enough like spark of feeling cared about that it allowed you to go to sleep, and then you woke up, and what happened the next day? Yeah, um, I also will say, like, my, for lack of a better word, hunger to succeed and, like, prove everyone wrong kind of definitely helps get me up any given morning, Um, especially, like, coming from parents who kind of, you know, they're never going to say that they doubt you, but... Mm. You can feel it, you know? Mm. Um, so feeling like, one, I can even prove myself wrong because it was like, okay, I want to quit riding. Well, and I'm like, I've come too far. Like, I've put too much into it to make it all be for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned well enough now that the, you don't make the difficult choices when it's difficult. You have to see the difficult section through. And then kind of reflect on that. And once you're back level-headed, then you decide. You have to see the difficult section through and then kind of reflect on that. And once you're back and level-headed, then you decide. What? I had to pause here and just highlight this extraordinary wisdom coming forth here. Major wisdom bomb. Oh my gosh. Obviously, that's not if you're being flat out used and abused, then absolutely take the moment. And if if it's right in your gut, go for it. But nine times out of 10, you have to not overreact while you're feeling it. Um, and I think that knowledge in that moment helped because I was like, I don't know how I'll feel tomorrow when I wake up. I could, you know, I could wake up and feel totally fine and like accepting with this. Um, That being said, that next morning, I just woke up and I was just kind of there. Um, I know that day I had had a bad jump school with the lease horse that I had. And I like basically told my boss, I was like, oh, yeah, like I signed up for better help last night because I was asking her some questions because I knew she knew a little bit about therapy but you know Mm -hmm. I didn't know much myself and she was like 
oh, was it because you had a bad jump school yesterday? And it just kind of was like, all right, I'm just going to keep working and like wait. Like that was kind of my end to try to like express some stuff. And then I was just like, Mm -hmm. it's not even worth it. Invitation alert. When someone drops a hint that they're struggling, it's okay to ask, about what? Can I help? What's going on? Do you need a minute? Let's just grab a coffee. It's totally okay to ask. Let's end the entire paradigm of not wanting to pry, not wanting to ask. It's none of my business. Stop, please. It's okay to ask. If you have a relationship with this person, if you're working with them, dating them, living in the same house as them, it's okay to ask. Like, since then, it hasn't been easy wondering if you, like, if she cared, really. But it was mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, like, even if she does or doesn't, whatever, like, that doesn't define what I'm worth. I can make the best out of this. My first, my second therapist that I worked with she told me she's like well sometimes all you can do is learn what you don't want to do or how you don't mm-hmm. want to act so that mm-hmm. really really helped me a lot because awesome. I started to learn this is how I want to treat people not this and this is how awesome. I want to run things not this and uh, yeah it was very very helpful that's great advice yep and then too it kind of changed my mentality from like complaining to thinking like forward instead of dwelling as much again obviously you're going to complain at some point whenever no matter how you know aware you are but it allowed me to get it out and then be like okay well what am I going to do about it I'm just not going to complete the pattern of you know replicating what I've been through awesome Awesome. Amazing. You're strong. I get it. I really get it. You know that about yourself, right? That you're resilient? Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes Sometimes. it definitely... It's interesting to think, you know, compare, obviously, to compare things. Because you almost don't always realize when it's a big deal. Like, probably a year or two ago, if we would have mm. talked about my relationship with my parents, I'd been like, oh, yeah, it was fine. You know, there were no issues. Wow. What, what, how did this new awareness come about? And then what? Um, I don't know if I can completely pinpoint it, aside from the yeah. fact that, like, my circle of friends back home are just like so kick-ass too that they like they're educated and then they started telling me there's an interesting concept out there that states something like we become much like the five closest people to us in our life that's just something to think about i mean i'm curious and nosy and like i just started to read things like I don't know this time last year I read it takes what it takes um by Trevor Moad and I liked it a lot it was a cool moment to understand that like 
I, that someone else like recognized that something wasn't right. And someone was seeing you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know the moment because obviously like when I was younger, even like my freshman year was really, really hard for me. I had no friends. Like I was very, this was a while ago. So I don't know if like saying I was depressed would be the right thing, but like I definitely wasn't happy. And I hung out with girls from the school that I went to two separate times. And that was it. Um, so you're very isolated. Got it. Yeah. So I definitely, like, isolation is definitely a downfall. And I know that. And I just... Can I give you another word? Yeah. Then downfall? Yes. Let's just call it a pattern. It doesn't have to have a judgment on it. Is it just something you do to cope? Isolating? Yeah, I would say so. And like even from childhood. Okay. So it's a pattern in your life, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes, was it the right thing to do for you? Absolutely. I think a lot of times it was good. I think extreme versions of it were probably were where the issues start. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes in a certain amount, it might be good for you. Might, right? Yeah. And then other times... It doesn't sound like it's good for you. Yeah. Right? So it's a pattern. So just see it as a pattern. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not good. And you know which one is which. I know you know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it can be a downfall, quote unquote, because of the, of the negative effect it has on you. But it's just a pattern, right? Yeah. Is that helpful? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Right? If you see it as just a pattern, then you have a little more agency around it. It's not a big, scary thing. Yeah. Right? It's not yeah. your downfall. Right. Which right? that makes and sense. And it doesn't like, mean... Yeah. I like to be alone, but there's, I think, a mm -hmm. difference between being alone and then, like, the isolation. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. Right. Because I don't, I would be wary, right, of you just laying in bed and reading for an afternoon and then having to be hyper vigilant and ask yourself, am I isolating? Is this bad? I'm alone right now. Right. right? This is my downfall. This is what I do. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a spectrum here. Right. Right. And you really resource with some personal time. Yeah. I and mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Right. But when you're starting to isolate, which is a different thing, because there's a lot of emotional content that you don't feel safe to express to the people that really need to hear it from you. That's where we need to say, wait a second. 
What am I trying, what am I avoiding right now that I really need to do? Yeah. Yeah. What's that the hard conversation? Yeah. What's the hard conversation I could have right now instead of doing this? Because I know where this leads. Yeah. Right. So when we have parents that drive us super hard and that we don't feel safe being our full selves with, right, we learn to bottle up emotion and keep it to ourselves because in our history, we weren't safe to let them know what was really going on because we might not be approved of or loved or receive all the stuff we were used to receiving when we were, quote unquote, good, good kids, good girls. Right. Yeah. So you don't want to be a bad kid. You don't want to be a bad girl, right? You don't want to get bad grades and drink and date the wrong guy and, you know, have feelings that are super, you know, unwieldy and messy and all of that. But that's yeah. what makes you whole and that's what makes you beautiful and that was, that's what makes you incredible. And the more comfortable you get over time, being able to say, hey, time out, I'm having some feelings here that I actually really need to express now, and I need some time with you. Whoever that is, your mother, the, the roommate you were working with, the kind of mentor boss, right, that you were working under. Hey, I really need some time. Learning to ask, because there isn't the pattern in your system yet of learning to ask for what you need be, and then being heard. Because your mom yeah. would s snipe all the energy out of the room. Say, oh, you had a yeah. bad day, honey? Oh, my God. Wait till you hear about mine. Oh, my right. day was the worst. And you were like, wow, okay. So I'm going to learn to keep that, the rest of that story to myself. Yeah. Right? Because nobody's listening to me. So the invitation, because of that patterning, the invitation is to begin to learn to ask for the time and the listening that you need in order to move this material through you in a healthy, healthy way, in a safe way. Is this landing for you? Tell me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah? What are you sense. thinking? I see your gears turning. Just reflecting on that thought of like it's a necessity to open up because even like my boyfriend said at one point, he was like, it feels like your guard is still up. And then that actually, that kind of like, definitely woke me up because mm. my my very very best friend and I are both kind of like the tough you know we're like oh yeah we're tough like we don't really care like whatever mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. with each other we can be a little more vulnerable and it gets better every day like it definitely has been hard at some point but again it's a mm -hmm. relationship it's cool because like since we're both so hyper aware of feelings because now we've both been in therapy and all of that we can have cool conversations about it and she you know she gets dumped right and she's like on the phone with me she's like i mean i'm kind of upset but like i don't know and i was like you feel relieved she was like oh my god yeah you're right even though she felt the relief she was so sad we had talked about weddings and like engagement and all of that mm. i'm like well 
you know what? You can be relieved, but also sad. And you can still want to try again. And you can feel all of these things. And that's okay. Good like, that's no Good for you. And she, like, basically, I told her, I was like, what I would do when I was broken up with at one point, I wrote a letter. And I mm-hmm. did end up giving it to him. But I would say, wait a week. Write it down. Mm-hmm. Wait a week. See if you still want to do it. Because it's ballsy to, like, put yourself out there like that. Write the letter, but you're either going to burn it, throw it away, or you're going to give it to them. And you're either way, you're going to feel better. And she did. Cool. And she ended up like writing it, rewriting it. She gave it to him. Uh, they, I don't know if they had a conversation, but I think it helped her a lot. And then awesome. she got over it. Ah, oh, the power of self-expression. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Love it. You're getting it. You're getting it. Yeah. And you're giving Um, good advice. All right. I got a homework assignment for you. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Um, Number one, you're going to definitely, if you accept this homework assignment, talk to your therapist about it first. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So you get to run it by them. They're the the boss. So I'm going to defer that. Okay? Okay. Um, I'm going to invite you to write a letter to your mom. Okay. Sharing the stuff that you're terrified to share. And I wouldn't even say terrified. That might be too strong. Scared to share because she might judge you. Okay. You don't need to send this letter. Okay. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I'm smiling here, in the next, let's just say, year, and again, you're doing this with your therapist support or not, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're supporting you or you're not doing it, right? Okay? Yeah. So whenever you two decide if this is an if this is a good intervention for you to do this, you're gonna invite your mom to spend some time with you. And you're gonna just do the stuff you guys do. You're gonna hang out. And at some point, I would encourage you to take your mom out to lunch or on a walk or put her on a horse and take her down your favorite trail. Hilarious. Got it. Got the story there. Yes. (laughs) And yeah, okay, got it. Or brush a horse, right? Help her understand what that can be, how therapeutic that can be. And maybe begin to share a little bit about how you have felt that you can only share part of yourself in your relationship. Okay, and that moving forward, you'd like to be able to share your full self. But in the past, it's really scared you to think about doing that because it's scary to feel judged or perceive that you're being judged. Yeah. By someone that matters to you, that you love so much, and whose love you want so much. Right? 
Yeah. And that's it. And you can decide with the support of your therapist what things you may want to tell her as an example, Mom. In ninth grade, I never told you this part of the story because I I was scared. Yeah. And I didn't tell you that three years ago I dated this random guy because I didn't think you'd like him. Yeah. Right? And as I'm growing up, I don't want to just share part of myself for the rest of my life with you because I want to be proud of all of myself. Yeah. You got it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the writing the letter should be probably the easy part because kind of once I can start, then I definitely, well, but that is coming from one, being a writer and knowing like that I get thoughts out and two, have I already experienced sharing thoughts with people that way and knowing how tangible it is and how much control I have over it versus like, you know, once you say something or send a text or whatever, you can't get it back. We had a sound glitch here, listener. So I'm going to summarize what my client just said. She's saying that you can't take back your words over text or when you say them out loud. Again, so wise. But when you write something down, you have that piece of paper in your hands, she's saying. And you can get rid of it if you want to. And you can start again. And you can try again. And you can go through the layers and find what you really actually want to say. And then she's saying, which feels like a good kind of power to have when initiating a vulnerable conversation. The yes. piece of paper that's in your own hands, like you can, you can get rid of it. Yeah, you can. So it gives you the power back of it, for sure. It does. It does. And having to say it is extremely vulnerable. Yeah. Right. Um, here's where the camera attachment falls down and I become MacGyver and put everything back together with rubber bands. So just, uh, bear with me and we're back. Because vulnerability is letting the guard down, right? And that's what your boyfriend is asking you to do. Yes, which is so ironic, you know, that he, like, didn't even know what it would mean to be vulnerable. And now I'm like, oh, no. We've reached the point where now I have to do it. This is not what I signed up for. I said in our opening, relationships can be a mirror. And we have arrived. The reflection has been realized. My work here, listener, is done. So here we are, right? So what you're talking about is vulnerability, right? Yeah. Which is what which is what you're boyfriend's asking you about yeah you see how it's all tied together yeah crazy is it surprising you is this surprising you um not not really because it's like so like it makes sense you know all the patterns it's cool how, to see yeah yeah it's just good you know when you're like oh damn it applies to me too <laughs> <laughs> you know 
It's like hmm. Yes, I do know. I really do know. I promise. <laughs> I promise I know that. Like, yep. <laughs> cool. Uh-huh. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. All right. So you got your homework. Yes. You see how it links to everything yes. in the in the now moment. Yeah. Okay. Yes, for sure. Like my boyfriend and I, since he's coming to watch the game, we'll probably have a good conversation. Except this time, it'll be less of like, "What did your therapist say that I should do now?" It'll be like, "Well, it's my turn." Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's your turn. I even see like a new glow in your face. Like a new smile is happening. Yeah. Oh, girl, it's really good to see you like this. You're just shining. Thank you. Yeah. You know, the irony of, like, self-work is that it's really scary to look, and once we do, we feel more free because we have more, we're empowered around making a difference, and that's, like, so enlivening. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What are you thinking? Just that it, I like to always have a plan. So like to kind of have a plan going forward always makes me feel like uh, kind of satisfied in a way to know like mm-hmm. the next step because I'm always super eager to get to there and like fast track mm-hmm. it all. But definitely like feels good to have more solutions and questions at least at this point in time good for you so good for you awesome so does this feel like an okay place to begin to wrap it up for you is there anything else that you want to share or need to share no i think we're good it's so awesome to meet you yeah you too this is even more awesome than i thought it was gonna be Thank you for your time, love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Sex, Drugs, and Enlightenment. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube under my name, Oakley Ogden, O-A-K-L-E-Y-O-G-D-E-N. And if you're interested in a one-on-one session and being on the show yourself, log in to sexdrugsandenlightenment.com and fill out the form, and I will get back to you. And in the meantime, hey, dare to share all my love to you.